and you're listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. Honor her. Can you guys help me honor her really quick? Well, happy Mother's Day. How are you guys doing today? You good? You know, um, a lot of things have gone wrong leading up to today. Uh, I'm not just saying that, like, you know how sometimes people are like, it's warfare. Let me just give you a little bit of what happened leading up to today. On Wednesday night, we um, hosted the wonderful team from Awaken the um, Dawn. They were here with us. I almost said Awaken the Bride. That's pretty prophetic, too. Um, But Awaken the Dawn was here, and that night we got home, our air conditioner wasn't working. And I was like, Lord, like, what is going on? And so it was really, you know, like, Florida's great until there's no AC. And then it's not great. And so it was really, really hot. And I was like, Lord, no, 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 no. I was like, we have Awake in the Dawn today. It's like, come on, Lord. Not that it was his fault. And then uh, one of our team members, he was playing like 20 sets, I think. He, uh, he got sick. His whole family got really sick. And I was like, no, like I, I, I cancel that in the name of Jesus. He's not sick, but he was. And then uh, yesterday, my husband has been, he was going so strong at Awake in the Dawn, and he woke up really sick yesterday morning, just had a horrible headache, and he was like, I can't go. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I'll go on your behalf. Pastor Tyler calls, and he's like, Destiny, all the toilets of the church are overflowing. <laughs> so I was like, oh, no, what do you mean? So we get a plumber out here, and they're like, they're trying to fix it the best they can. I had a gift for every woman in this room, and on my way, the bakery called this morning and said, by the way, we had an accident, and we don't have any of what you ordered. (laughs) So I was like, okay, Lord, okay. And while we were at Awaken the Dawn for the first time, travail hit me. And I don't know if travail's ever hit someone before, but it hit me, and I'm not used to it, okay? Uh, that's, that's for Pastor Tiffany. She's really good at it. But travail hit me and I began to scream. And all of a sudden I was like, I've lost my voice. I've lost my voice. What am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to preach on Sunday. And uh, Rick, where, where's Rick at? Rick came and he grabbed me. And he was like, I want someone to pray over you. And, and this gentleman began to release. He did not know any detail about today. He said, but there's a word that's supposed to go forth today. And the enemy is quite literally trying to stop the word from going forth. So he's like, I tell your voice to be loosed in Jesus name. And what did you know? I woke up this morning and I was able to sing. I'm able to speak. So the word is going to go forth this morning. But I really felt strongly um, when I gathered with these women at the beginning of the week the, the Lord told me a couple weeks ago, he said, I want you to talk about Hannah. I said, Lord, we're not that church. We're not the type of church. I will go ahead and um, dismantle this for you. We are not the type of church that preaches these occasions very well. We just don't know how to do it. We're not, we don't, we're not cookie cutter. We don't, we're not able to cater very well. And so I felt like the Lord said, I want you to speak on Hannah. And I was like, well, Lord, I told the people I wasn't speaking about a woman. I told the people I was going to speak about Jesus. And he said, but I want you to share. And as I was with these two rascals here, we were, we were there and they were like, Hey, I really feel like you're supposed to speak by yourself. And I was like, I see, I see what you guys are doing. I see, I see you. And I called them out and I I may have threatened them a little, 
And I was like, you will speak and you will share. So this morning, I'm honored to share the stage with these beautiful women. And they are mothers of the house. They're mothers of the house. And it, it for the first time on Monday morning, I came into that. Kathy was with us. We were at the chicken salad chick. And in the middle of the restaurant, she's like, hold on, I need to lay hands on you and begins to pray. And she's like, you need to to step into that, that you are a mother of the house. And so as mothers, we're going to share with you this morning. Is that okay? Awesome. Awesome. Did you ladies want to share anything or I'm going to go? Okay, I'm going to go. All right. I felt really strongly that, that, uh, that the Lord wanted to give you a gift this morning. He wanted a gift. And this is, I don't want any person to exclude themselves. Because I can't, I've been in rooms like this and I, I know something that's about to take place, but there, it's very easy to get in rooms like this and begin to exclude yourself. But I don't want you to exclude yourself, but I feel like the Lord wants to give the gift of tears this morning. And that's, that's hard because we don't like it. It makes us uncomfortable. It makes us look weird. <laughs> But the Lord's trying to do something. And I, while I was preparing for this week, the Lord told me, he said, I changed all of history through a woman's travail. He changed all of history through Hannah's travail. So I want to go to 1 Samuel. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me. We're going to go to 1 Samuel, verse 1. Uh, verse, yeah, we're starting in 1 Samuel 1, sorry, uh, verse 12. And I want to give you a little bit of context to the story because some of you have probably, if you've been in a church long, you know the story. But if you've not been in church long, I just want to share it with you. But the priesthood at this point was in shambles. Eli and his sons were running it and it, they were running it amok. Uh, it, it was a mess. It was a mess. And Hannah was a barren woman. And she would come every year to the temple and she would begin to pray. And one of her sister wives, because her husband had many wives, would provoke her and was very mean to her and would mock her and let her know, hey, you ha your womb is closed. You're being passed by. The Lord has passed you by. The Lord's passed you by. Have you ever felt passed by? Oh, come on, let's be real. Have you ever felt passed by by the Lord? The Lord's blessing someone else's ministry. The Lord's blessing someone else's marriage. Someone's getting engaged. Someone's having a baby. Someone's getting a promotion. And you're there and you're like, Lord, it's, when's my turn? So here Hannah is and she goes, she goes into the temple. I'm going to pick up in 12 and it says, it happened. As she continued praying before the Lord, Eli watched her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart only. Her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, how long will you be drunk? Put a wine away from you. Put your wine away. She was in travail. She was in travail. She was crying out to the Lord. Quite literally, her tears were praying something that even her words could not express. So she was being moved. And what was sad to me when I was reading this is that the high priest didn't even recognize what prayer was anymore. If that's not the body, I don't know what is. 
that she's moved to travail. She's crying out. And the high priest looks at her. Instead of having compassion, he says, put away your, your drinking. Put away your drunk woman. Stop. He didn't recognize the spirit of prayer. And I wonder, if we're being honest, sometimes we get in these environments, I wonder, have we lost the ability to recognize what prayer looks like? In our judgments, in our religion, oh, it doesn't take all of that. Yes, it does. Oh, she was crying out, her heart was crying. And in a moment, her heart was crying and heaven moved. Heaven moved on her behalf. Not a priest, not a church. Heaven moved because heaven saw her heart. Now we know that, we know the end of this story. Hannah tells him, I'm not drunk. And he goes, okay, go, go. Be blessed in the name of Jesus. You will bear a son. And she says, when I have this son, I will dedicate him to the Lord. Then that was Samuel. And Samuel's very significant because he is the one who anoints David. So this whole moment just changes all of history. It changes all of history. Do you guys want to share? My Kathy's like a little ninja, so y'all better watch out. Yeah, that's so good. Um, I was thinking about the provoking that Penina, like you were talking about, and um, it was it was good even for us to be provoked. Because um, provoking can actually spur us and um, shift something in us to go after what God wants. It doesn't feel good. I've been Hannah where, um, where sometimes each of our pregnancies, and I think Pastor Gio spoke on it one time recently, um, but just that I've been Hannah where we're pregnant with things and God's made promises to us and then all these other people are just birthing babies everywhere everywhere and um it sometimes that patience and waiting process too is important but also being provoked to go after the lord in that way to really um even get out that bitterness in our hearts because where we're going we can't bring that with us so we've all been on a journey with the lord and we all have different things in our hearts We've been through all these hurts and disappointments, but as we're going forward in the Lord, that we have to release that stuff to Him, not to people. So, so I loved what she did, that she was provoked by Penina, but she went to the Lord and she was crying out to Him with that bitterness of soul that you were talking about. And um, so, so we need to do that. Sometimes we get stuck and we just kind of leak out everywhere. But we need to go to the Lord, let it all out. He can handle it. He knows everything. Go raw, go real, let it out so he can purge our hearts of that stuff because he has things for us to do. Hannah had a promise. Hannah had a promise and it was big. It was big. So just encouraging all of us that we are in a season of provoking, but it's a provoking that's good for us. It's a provoking that's going to cause us to love and do good works. And so, um, yeah, just, just really even receiving that, like having a different perspective of the provoking, that the provoking is good for us. I need the provoking. So, yeah. 
Yeah, so the provoking. Yeah, who likes that? <laughs> who wants to be provoked? But it does, like she said, it does something to you. It draws you to your knees. It draws you before Jesus to where he's literally the only thing. He's the only one because tears, they tenderize us. I felt that so strongly that the Lord was trying to break up the fallow ground, but the way you break the fallow ground is with tears. If I'm being honest, like we can get into these movements and we can just begin to play church so well and we're not moved anymore. We're not moved. And I think about George Floyd. And I, I think that showed us more than anything that we're not moved. I watched so many people become so callous. We hear about another shooting and we're not moved. We hear about wars and we're not moved, but tears, tears begin to tenderize. They break up that. And so we were with Corey uh, Russell, who's a friend of the house, and he was telling us so. He just kept saying, he said, I feel like right now the Lord is trying to give three gifts, and that's tears, tongues, and travail. It's tears, tongues, and travail. And the Lord said to my husband, he, he, we were talking, and he's just said so gently because he's a gentle father. Sometimes his rebukes are not, but he, he said to him, he said, how can you ask for something you've not wept over? Why are you asking for things that do not move you? Do not ask for a region to be in unity if you're not willing to be moved for the region. Do not ask for your son or daughter to be saved or your husband if you are not moved. If you're not moved to compassion, let the tears bring a washing. I just wanted to echo that. Um, Leonard Ravenhill, if you don't know who he is, he is a powerful man of God and he speaks so beautifully on prayer. But he says, as travail precedes the birth of a child, so birth pangs of desperate prayer precede revival. There's no way where we're going in the spirit. And I, I sense it, I sense it so strong that the church is like right there, like something is happening. But the way through is travail. The way through is travail. And I know it's on so old school and so like, I don't want that. I know some of you have seen me, like the Lord touching me and I'm screaming and it kind of, you're probably like, is that a demon or is it? It's the Lord, but it's just this crying of the Holy Spirit within me, crying out, crying out for the sons of God to be revealed to the earth. Because the earth needs Jesus. I, Pastor Marcus asked me, um, hey, what is, can you share like what is happening when you travail? Why is that? And I was like, honestly, I don't, I don't know. A couple years ago, it just started happening. And, and then this beautiful lady in Mexico was like, I, I see her crying out for revival. And I was like, okay, like Lord. And then he, he began to show me that every time I see his face in the spirit is when it happens. And then I begin to cry, Jesus, reveal yourself to them. Let them see you rightly. Let them see you rightly. It's, it's for a purpose. The travail is for a purpose. It's not so we can look spiritual. And it is a gift. I will tell you that I used to be a very hard person. And I had a dear friend look at me. She said, you look so tough. 
but I see nothing but love in your eyes and the Lord is going to break you. And now all I do is cry. Tears are a gift. Travail is a gift that makes us sensitive to the spirit. So we, uh, we have Awaken the Dawn here and um, one of the beautiful intercessors for it came up to me and she said, you carry the gift of travail for your generation. And I said, oh no ma'am, that's my sister. It's like, that's her. If, you, if you've been to our, our, our body, she wails. <laughs> Pastor Tyler said, we're gonna get shirts that say wailing women and she's gonna be the head wailer. <laughs> And uh, I started laughing. I said, like, I want it, Lord, but I don't want to manufacture it. I don't want to fake it. And so uh, we, we got to go to Upper Room um, last month. And my husband uh, and Covey and I, we got around a bunch of wailing women. And they laid hands on my husband and they laid hands on Covey. And I watched the Lord break Covey. And then she laid hands on me and nothing came out like I was being moved. I knew the Lord was moving on me, but no noise was coming out. And I was like, Lord, I don't want to manufacture anything. I want it to be you. And then on Wednesday night, we were in here and it hit me. And I thought, oh, that's ugly. Like, take it back. Take it back. I don't want it. Like, it's ugly, but it does something. It does something. And so in Jeremiah 9, you know, Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet. Jeremiah 9, 1 says, Oh, that my head were a spring of water and my eyes were a fountain of tears, that I would weep day and night for the slain of my people. I was on the airplane and the Lord told me on the way to Dallas, He said, I want you to read Jeremiah. So I start reading Jeremiah. And I just grabbed my husband and I said, Why do they not love him? Why does Israel not love him? He just wants them so badly. And then I got to chapter 9 and I got to 17. And this is what it says. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Consider now. Call for the wailing women to come. Send for the most skillful of them and let them come quickly and wail over us. Till our eyes overflow with tears and water streams from our eyelids. The sound of wailing will be heard from Zion. How ruined are we? How great is our shame? Our houses are in ruin. And the Lord spoke to me. I said, Lord, that sounds crazy. Why would we want that? He said, it provokes those around them to remember, to look, to turn their hearts back to the Father. It was provoking Israel. Your house is in ruin. It was like alarm being sound. Look at what is happening. Look at what's going around. And so travail, I know it can seem a little weird, but all it is is you begin to feel the heart of the Father. You just start to feel the heart of the Father. And how could you not be moved when you feel the heart of the Father? How could we not see injustice and not be moved when we feel the heart of the Father? Oh, Jesus, break up the fallow ground of our hearts. Tenderize us, God. Tenderize us. Oh, we don't care what it looks like because we live for an audience of one. We live for you and you alone. 
Oh, I'm reminded of David. I'm reminded of David when they return the ark to, to, to where he was at, to the city, and he, he comes out dancing. And I'm just reminded that travail, it provokes the religious. It's gonna provoke the religious, why? Because they do not understand. They say, why are you doing that? It does not take all of that. Oh, but we remember what we were saved from. We remember what it was like to be lost. We remember, we remember what it does is it begins to provoke Israel. It begins to provoke those around us to turn their hearts back to the Father, to turn their hearts back to Him. So I felt this morning, as we get ready to close, to share with you about our weeping God. We serve a weeping God. I don't wanna brush over that. I felt this morning when we got here, I was like, I know Mother's Day, people went in and out, but I thought the Lord said, today I'm gonna mark those who are hungry. I wanna mark those who are hungry. The shortest verse in the Bible is Jesus wept. Oh, Jesus. You care. And if we could just humble ourselves to begin to feel what you feel. John 11 tells us that Jesus receives a word. The one you love is sick. Come, Jesus, come. The one you love is sick says that Jesus knowing, knowing what was about to take place remained. He remained and then he gets there and he's greeted with Martha who's distraught. Oh Jesus, if you had only been here, my brother. If you had only been here, my brother. And even though he knew what was about to take place, he still wept. Because weeping precedes resurrection. Weeping precedes resurrection. Something happens when we begin to feel. So Jesus knows that what is sown in tears will be reaped in joy. He knows what's about to take place. Psalms 126 says, those who sow with tears will weep, reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seeds to sow will, will return with songs of joy. So he knows, he knows what's about to happen, but he still allows himself to feel. So today, what I wanted us to do on this Mother's Day is I wanted to make room for you to feel again. Because somewhere along the line, our heart and our head got disconnected. 
and we begin to rationalize a lot of things. We begin to put our mask on and we say, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And really inside, you're so numb, you can't even handle it. And you suppress and you suppress and you suppress, but it's there. And so today, I just really felt the heart of the Father wants you to feel again. The heart of the Father wants you to be tenderized. Oh, it's His promise that He will take our stony hearts and give us a heart of flesh. Jesus, would you tenderize us again? Would you tenderize us again? Would you break us again? Would you break us again? Oh, we can get a whole lot more undignified than this. Would you break us, God? Would you break us open? Oh, would you break us open? Every mask be removed. Oh, saints, would you just begin to pray in the Spirit right now? Would you begin to pray in the Spirit right now? Oh, Jesus, I just felt so strongly you're wanting to give us a new heart this morning. Oh, you want to give us a new heart this morning. You want us to feel what you're feeling. You want us to be moved by what moves you. Jesus, let us be moved. Let us be moved that it would provoke others, that it would provoke others, that it wouldn't just be for this, but it would provoke others. What I don't want you to do is I don't want you to manufacture anything. I don't want you to make a noise to make a noise, but I want you to just put your hands out in a receiving position. I'm not trying to, to just get on hype or emotionalism, but I want the Lord to break you. The Lord told us that He would break people in this prayer room and that, that that's what this is, that He would begin to break people. And I just really feel the Lord wants to break you this morning. Oh, Jesus. Give us the gift of tears this morning. <coughs> Give us the gift of tears this morning. Oh, that we won't hear about people dying and our hearts turn. That we won't hear about our black brothers and sisters and go, oh, it's, it's just that they're killing one another. Oh, that we would be moved with compassion. That we would not hear about the foster care system and turn a blind eye to it. That we would not hear about human trafficking and just say that's what's happening. That we would not hear about the war zones and say that's other parts of the world. Oh Lord, that we would begin to move. Oh Jesus, that you would give us a heart for Israel. That we would cry out, oh, we are not those people, Jesus. We do not replace your chosen people. That we begin to cry for Jerusalem right now. That 
that Jerusalem would turn and that they would see Jesus. Oh Lord, we ask for visitations and dreams, God, right now to your people in the Middle East. Oh Lord, that you would wake in your bride, awake in your bride, Jesus, awake in your bride this morning. Oh, that we would be moved because you are the God that weeps. We do not have a high priest that is not moved to compassion. Our high priest is moved. He is moved. He is moved. I know it, I know it, I know it, I know it. I know what it's like to come in week after week and play. I just see so many hearts that are black right now and the Lord is literally just grabbing them and he's massaging them and they're beginning to feel again. Something happens when we begin to allow ourselves to feel. happens when we allow ourselves to feel
I know for those of us that have been in church for a long time, I think this is the hardest thing for us. The week in and week out of just going through the motions, we become disconnected from what's really going on. Because we're like, oh, we're good. And you may be good, but, but the emotional connection that God's bringing you into is for other people. It's like, it's that we feel his heart for other people. We begin to feel his heart for a region, for a nation, for the world. And when we become emotionally disconnected, we become emotionally, we, be, we become, Lord help me. When we become disconnected from his heart, it becomes, we become numb and it becomes difficult for God to use us. I want to pray if you're here right now and you just feel like like my wife said this isn't about conjuring up emotion and many times I know this when we preach something we preach today for what we walk into three months from now so we begin to open a door today by saying God help us and we begin to see the fruit of this in weeks and months to come so father right now in Jesus name I pray for every heart, every heart in this room, Lord. And we ask, God, that, that the gate of your emotions would, be, would, would open and that we would begin to feel what you feel. We would begin to receive what you receive. Holy Spirit, help us. Holy Spirit, help us. Make our hearts soft. This is the beginning place. I feel this. The beginning place. God, for us to be entrusted with more, we have to be sincere with where we're at. So, Father, for every heart in this place that is holding on to things like resentment and bitterness and ought towards you, towards a brother, Give them grace. For those that are carrying shame and guilt and are carrying a weight that, that stops them from receiving God, give them grace. Grace. Man. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Just a few more minutes. I know, I know what time it is. Just a few more minutes. Help us, Lord. There's no striving. This isn't about striving. I just rebuke that lie right now. This is about presenting ourselves as living sacrifices unto Him. So, Father, you see every heart and where every heart is. And Father, for those that are struggling with feeling at one time but not being able to feel now, I ask that you restore. 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 For those that have put their hope in certain things but have felt disappointed, Father, restore. We trust you.
We trust you. Guys, these moments matter. We are where we are today as a community because of moments like this where we choose not to change the subject or to move on. Restore. We refuse to be a people that are disconnected with the emotions of God. We refuse. We didn't get in this to do ministry. We didn't get in this to build a church. The objective, Lord, is knowing you. The objective, Lord, is knowing you. You restore. You restore. Faithful. prayers that was being prayed today a lot was for, for, for God to break the fallow ground. Fallow ground was simply, it was, it, was a, it, was a, it was land that at one point it produced crop. It was fruitful. It's not, it's not a bad ground. It's a good ground. But there needed to be a turning of the ground to be able to plant new seed to cultivate new crop. And so as we're praying this, what we're asking the Lord to do is, God, it's not about us being bad. You understand this, right? It's not that our hearts are bad. It's a turning of the heart to be able to produce a new thing. It's a, it's a willingness to allow the Lord to massage that thing. Sometimes we prepare, look, I don't have a bad heart. No, you don't. It's just a turning to be able to step into the new thing. So I, I want to, let's just all put our hand on our heart. And we'll pray and then we'll allow you to linger. Holy Spirit, I pray for every heart right now. These are good hearts. These are faithful hearts. God, you care for every heart in this room. For every heart you care. So Father, I'm asking for every single person and every single heart to be able to receive whatever it needs to receive. That you would break up anything that has, has attached itself to this heart disappointment, discouragement, hope deferred. And Father, I ask that you would turn, that you would turn, and that you would be able to cultivate the soil of our hearts to continue to produce you, to continue to feel what you feel, to, to release what you're releasing, Father. And I pray that mercy, grace, hope, and peace would fill every heart. Every heart. 
I, I bind the lie of the enemy for every person in this room that would leave feeling lesser than because they didn't feel. This wasn't about feeling. It was about being open to whatever the Lord had. So Father, we see today as a small opening of a door. We know that you're, you're, we're asking you for this gift. And we're going to continue to ask. Because you said ask and you will receive. Knock and the door will be opened. So Father, we will be, we will be persistent in being a people that yield before you. And ask you to crash into our hearts. I feel this, man. We need to be connected with the emotions of God. It's not emotionalism. It's connectivity. We need to be moved the way he's moved. To move the way he moves. Help us, Lord. For those of us that have been in ministry for a long time, help us. Those of us that have been in church a long time, help us. Because the routine of religion is real. So, Father, we ask you for help. We don't want to go through the motions. We don't want to get stuck in the game of church. We want to be caught up. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for your presence. We yield again. Would you just say that? We yield. We yield. We yield. We will never get tired of yielding. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I just sense there are some of us that just need to stay for a little while. Many times we don't receive what we need to receive because we refuse to remain. This, if you feel like you're good to go, you can go. But some of you that you feel like the Lord is drawing, nobody's going to be singing because it's not about a song. It's just posturing yourself before the Lord.